This program is brought to you by the partners of A Root Awakening International. Help others find truth. Support A Root Awakening International today. Ron Wyatt claimed that Yeshua's blood ran down through the rocks below the cross into an underground cavern containing the Ark of the Covenant, which was overlaid with gold. Kevin Fisher reveals stunning video of a gold detection device that seems to confirm Ron Wyatt's claim. Because it's the end of the sixth day, the sun is set, and this is Shabbat Night Live. Shabbat Shalomi, homies. Welcome to Shabbat Night Live with Michael Rood. Hey, thank you for joining us on this Thanksgiving weekend edition. We have all kinds of special things for you tonight, so you are in the right place at the right time, including the best episode yet of Ron Wyatt Revisited. You are about to see compelling evidence that the Ark of the Covenant is indeed right under Golgotha in Jerusalem. We'll get to that after we get to this, the astronomically and agriculturally corrected biblical Hebrew calendar. We are on the second Shabbat of the ninth month, which means there's a very special shopping day coming up here at the ministry, so let's talk about that with my co-host, Angie Clark. Well, Shabbat Shalomi, homie, to you. Shabbat Shalomi, homie. So we're talking about, well, tonight, well, I guess uh, you know Black Friday is, is wrapping up, but now we're talking about Mission Monday, what yes. others call Cyber Monday. Yes. We have a Mission Monday here. And the mission is to get materials at a reduced cost to send them out to other people. That is your mission. That's why we do Mission Monday. And that is coming up November 27th, starting at 9 a.m. We got special deals all day long. Yep. Uh, good stuff. There's exclusive offers you've never seen before. We've sourced some special things just for you. Uh, never before seen items here. Uh, some stuff is going off 50% off. Uh, we also have the new Chronological Gospels. Yes, the second edition. Yes, I wish I would have brought one up here, but I didn't. But um, there's all kinds of great things in there. So there, have you taken a look at the what's new in there? I thumbed through it. I haven't really sat down and okay. really looked at it, but. Yeah, so I, I was involved in the, in the proofreading team. And right. so we were looking at all this stuff and there's some neat stuff in there. So what they've done, uh, they being uh, the, our Spanish crew, uh, they actually took all of the uh, refinements that needed to be done to it and uh -huh. you know, repositioning While they were things. translating. While they were translating yeah. and all, they said, hey, you know what, we'll take on all these things that people have suggested over the years mm -hmm. and combine them. And so that's where the second edition came to. So uh, kudos to our Spanish team mm -hmm. for doing that. Yeah, amazing uh, people. Yeah, and what they did was um, they created, you know how we had the color-coded um, uh, index in the front yes. for Matthew, Mark, Luke, and yes. John, and for the timeline. Uh, yep. Yeah, the time of what what verses are where and where each event in Yeshua's life is recorded, which books of the Bible, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So they did all that, uh, but then they added another index, which is basically uh, every event in Yeshua's life. Where is it? Uh, just scripture references for each one. So that's yeah, it's an, it's another whole index, which is great. Wow! Uh, and wow. and they've uh, they've uh, made some refinements to other things in the in the book, and now everything is on a different page now too. So if you have an older version of this, uh, it'll no longer line up, which is also why we're working on a study guide to go with this one, 
uh, so that it will it will line up again. Uh, but the great thing about this that a lot of people were asking for is that, okay, well, there's the regular size chronological gospels, but then we have the larger print as well. But some people are like, you know, I, I wish that the regular size chronological gospels, which is about this size, had just a little larger type. Right. So guess what we did? We made it larger. So now the, yay. yes, yes. Now so I can see it. Now, me too. <laughs> <laughs> so the, there's larger type in the regular size and there's even larger, larger type in the larger edition. So it's much easier to read than even the previous version of the chronological gospel. So that's wonderful. Now, Very exciting. If and you, so is that gonna be available for Mission Monday? Oh yeah, there's gonna be a little special. It's gonna be yeah, interspersed yeah, yeah. in Mission Monday mm -hmm. here and there. Can't tell you exactly nice. where you end, but yeah, so that's gonna be great. Um, and regarding uh, the chronological gospels. So yeah, we have the two sizes mm -hmm. and they're they're bigger. And, and again, they're, they're on different pages. But again, these, uh, these two, the smaller and the larger version are going to be on the same page, no matter which version you're that holding. That's so nice. Yeah, so it's just like the previous version. But again, the previous version is not gonna line up with this one and there's no more to be had. Mm -hmm. So if you have a first edition, uh, hang on to it because that's a collector's item now because there ain't no more and we're not going to be making anymore. So hang on to that. Uh, and especially if you have one of Michael's original, remember those, the hardcover blue ones? I have two in my office. Oh yeah, those are special. We yep. still have those. Yep. Uh, and there so, were a thousand printed. And that's the, it? They were numbered. Yep. Oh wow. And I Michael signed have, them all too, I think. Yeah, I, I think I have 979 of a thousand. Oh my. Yeah, so the number 979. So they're almost all gone yep. too. So, okay. So, yep. yeah. So maybe we'll have to release those at a certain I think time. I only as have well. two. Those oh, two okay. that are in my office. That's it? That's it. Oh my goodness. Wow. I'm hanging on to them. Wow. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> nobody can have them. But anyway. <laughs> so, anyway, we do mention Monday because uh, it, it's, it's, Honestly, it's a great fundraiser for the ministry. It's great fun for you. You get to have some uh, materials from A Rude Awakening that are much lower priced uh, for the special time so that you can pass those on to others. That's the whole deal, right? Like we said, Mission Monday, that's your mission. And so we do that toward the end of the year because, well, number one, it coincides with what the rest of the world is doing with Cyber Monday. But we also do it at the end of the year because we're looking at the bank account right now, this, this right now for next year to see how much can we do in 2024, because a lot of that depends on what the bank account looks like on December 31st of this year. So we have to look at that to determine what we're going to do. And you know, God willing, we can do more than what we did this year. Amen. Hopefully that would be great, Amen. or at least just as much. And certainly we hope we don't have to do less. So that all depends on you though, because that's how this runs. Anything you buy from A Rude Awakening, whether you get the love gift or participate in Mission Monday or a straight up gift, that all helps. And so that's why we're asking for your help at the end of the year. Uh, thank you in advance for, for doing that, by the way. Now, speaking of our love gift, uh, this is The Great Deception. So what is this? Who is this guy, David Beverly, we've been hearing about all, you know, all month long? <laughs> so he had a 12-year career at NASA, but we had some interesting conversations up here about NASA. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. <laughs> now, I don't know. See, this is the thing with, so. I was it recorded? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was. We recorded this, but I asked him on stage, and I don't know whether he was messing with me or what. I still haven't asked him if he was just joking or not. And he was telling us all this stuff about NASA and the moon landing and all this, and we're like, wow, okay. And I said, okay. I said, if you're going to tell me the earth is flat, I'm going home. <laughs> and he says, well. I won't say anything because I don't want you to go home. Oh, like, come on. Oh, no. Come on. <laughs> so anyway, he's a great jokester too. Anyway, so he has a 12-year career at NASA and he has an amazing intellect into 
what's coming and how it, it, it uh, ties in with Revelation. And we're gonna be having a, a series with David too coming Good. up. Uh, amazing stuff. And it's all about AI, which is, and he alludes right. a little bit to that here in The Great Deception. The Great Deception mm -hmm. has to do with NASA, the Nazis, AI, all the rest of it. It's all part of this big, you know, it's almost like the Wizard of Oz. Plan. Right, yeah, where we have to look behind the curtain, like mm -hmm. just stop looking at everything and just go, wait a minute, what's really going what's on really here? What's really going on? What's behind this? And it's not even man who's behind this. That's the first thing we should recognize. This is all has a, a spirit behind it. Right. And so that's uh, part of this month's love gift. And uh, there's only a few days left to get it. So we'll let the commercial do the rest of the talking, but that is the, the crux of the teaching this month, The Great Deception from David Beverly. All right, Kevin Fisher reveals stunning video of a gold detection device that seems to confirm Ron Wyatt's claim that Yeshua's blood ran down through the rocks below the cross into an underground cavern, dripping onto the Ark of the Covenant itself. Stay tuned for The Kiddish with Michael. That's coming up next. From Nazis and NASA to the ancient days of Noah, Deception has been the enemy's greatest tool to turn man's attention away from the Almighty and to think more highly of himself. But there's one deception coming that is more dangerous than all others. All nations are still ruled under Babylonian ideals and, and understandings. It never went away. Okay? The spirit of Babylon, if you That's know. right, it never went away. In The Great Deception, Former NASA team member David Beverly reveals the mind-blowing deception we've been under since the beginning of time, who's behind it, and why most believers will never see the greatest deception of all, right at our doorstep. This teaching is not available anywhere online, but we'll give it to you as our thanks for supporting A Rude Awakening International. When you donate $50 as a love gift to this ministry in November, we'll send you The Great Deception with David Beverly on DVD or Blu-ray. Donate $100 and we'll send you The Great Deception. Plus, the word Shalom, spelled in letter art, a four-foot photo collage from locations throughout Jerusalem. Donate $300 and we'll send you The Great Deception, the Shalom letter art, and a solid walnut challah bread board featuring the words Shabbat Vayom Tov in Hebrew. These gifts are a limited time offer from Michael Rue to thank you for your support. Make your donation today and receive the $50 gift the $100 gift, or the $300 gift. Thank you. Your donations ensure that important teachings like The Great Deception keep coming from A Rude Awakening International. Use your smartphone to scan the QR code on your screen to donate now and receive these limited-time gifts. Or call 888-766-3610 or get your gifts online with a donation at monthlylovegift.com. The Apostle Paul said that Yeshua nailed the dogmas, the doctrines and commandments of men, of the arche and exousia, that he overcame, that he nailed their commandments, their man-made dogmas to the cross. And because of that, we are not to allow any of the arche and exousia, any of the religious authorities of men who made up their own commandments to judge us because every one of the feasts of the Lord are prophetic shadow pictures of good things to come. So don't let any pagan, let no religious authority judge you concerning the Sabbath.
the new moons, and on the Sabbath, we do not allow the world to judge us and tell us what to do. We know that Yeshua paid the price for us. And the last night he was with his disciples when he took the bread and he blessed the Most High with this blessing. Baruchatah Yehovah Heleno Melech HaOlam Hamotzi Lechem Hinaretz. He said, this represents my body, which is now broken for you. As often as you do this, you do it in remembrance of him. And then Yeshua took the cup and he said, this represents the renewed covenant in my blood. This is what this represents. This is what it's always represented. Do this in remembrance of me. And he said that prayer, Baruchatah Yehovah Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Borei Pari HaGafen. Blessed are you, Yahweh, our God, King of the universe, creator of the fruit of the vine. And he said, do this in remembrance of me and don't let anyone disparage you. Do this until I come again because I have made you priests and kings. Shabbat Shalom. You go to Israel today, you might get caught in a tourist trap, and then there's some authentic sites as well. But if you're taken to the garden tomb area, there are some benches there. And if you sit down in one of those benches in one of those areas, you may think it's just a tourist trap, but below your feet, about 15 to 20 feet, you wouldn't believe what you're sitting on. Kevin Fisher, welcome back to Shabbat Night Live. Nice to be here. What are folks sitting on below their feet if they are at the garden tomb? At the garden tomb, there's a area called the deck. It's around toward Golgotha, the place of the skull. It's on the left at a rock escarpment. And that is the area where the crucifixion site is, underneath that spot. Wow. Now in 2006, there was a dig where they, they dug out the, the debris there to try to uncover where Ron was doing his excavations uh, in earlier years. And this image here, you can see the cutouts where the signs were placed, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. In the bottom photo, we're looking down on the, the, the left, or left part of that lower image. Now, just by the way, the, the cutouts, that is the surface. That's where, like, there's literally a bench backed up against that today. Yes. Yeah, there is like a floor, this upper photo, there's a floor over top of these I-beams, and you can walk on this deck there and you can see these cutouts in the rock face. These were where the signs were placed, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews in Greek, Hebrew, and Latin. And we'll look at that a little bit more. But so this dig happened in around 2006 or so. And Randy Osborne was part of the dig. He helped Ron in the early years on his dig there. So he kind of knew what was going on. And, uh, Ron came to my house, excuse me, Randy came to my house, he lives in Brazil, so I was able to grab some video of him, some casual video, I didn't know it would turn out to be so important, 
but in one of the video clips, clips he told me, you come out of the rock face, opening one, we see in the diagram here, he said you go to your left and within three feet was the cross hole. Randy's gonna talk about the cross hole here in the video clip. The dig from the 2006, it focused on an area down in area B that you see in the diagram. This was an incorrect area. Now Ron took a scraping of a dark substance just above area B, and they assumed that the cross hole was there. No, Ron said that the dark substance may have come down to that area. So you've got to go uphill, ah. uphill from there to try to get to the real uh, cross hole site. Now, Randy's going to describe to us um, the cross hole. Here you can see the cutouts in the rock face, Jesus and Nazareth, King of the Jews. The signs would have been there. This is the opening of the escarpment from that dig. They use a bobcat and various large equipment to dig this out, wheelbarrows. And so using the cutouts as a reference, I drew an image here. You see the blue line is ground level today. If you pan down, there were a couple openings in the rock face there, but it's this lower opening, opening one, that Randy said you come out of this opening and you turn to the left and the cross hole was there. Area A is where the real cross hole was and area B is the 2006 dig focused on that. So this is then the surface, this is a street level This of, is the bedrock. Of when Yeshua was Yeah, now here's Randy describing this. This is, this is the same as this, but this is all gone now. But if you look at this, his, the, the curve there, that matches, if you look that other, at that other picture, that matches the other side of the, the cross hole. And that, I believe, is the cross hole. It doesn't look the right dimension, but it, it, it probably was the same as the cross hole. What did you break off? I broke off this chunk about like this, of this uh, corner. This corner was up higher than the rest of the, the the ground. We had filled all this in. It was just dirt I, um, when I was there. That was it had already been filled in. Um, but this was still sitting up higher, like you see it there. And so I, I used to go through here and bringing buckets out of out of the area where we were digging, uh, which was farther over and down. And every time I come in here to, to, with the buckets, I'd hit my rear end on, on this spire here. So I, I, one day I just decided I'm going to get that out of here. And I busted this all out. And uh, this was all filled in with dirt. The dirt, we just filled that out here. Because we were bringing it up, I just filled it in there and, and uh, pounded it down. And it made it, you couldn't tell that this was anything when I was done with it. You couldn't think, you could, it didn't look like this anymore. And it was gone. I had destroyed it, so I know it wasn't there. And I know exactly where it was at, because I was hitting myself on it all the time. I came through there. And I saw the, 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 in, the depth inside where the, where that, well, they t put a bunch of dirt in there, but I could see the sides of it where it originally was. So I knew what this looked like. I'd seen it many times, so 
And where is the escarpment and how far out is this from the escarpment? The escarpment is, or the wall, the cliff wall, it was back here. Uh, about about 18 inches where I, where I broke that off is probably about like this. Just like you see there. That's the last one I said, about 18 inches from the from this part. The cross itself was was right there. Must have been right there, so right very, up against very the cliff close wall. to the cliff wall. Yeah, very, and uh, so yeah, that blood w went right down through here, and if it's um, where the Ark of the Covenant was, would be right in here. With a, if that that I don't know how it was sitting, but it may have been sitting that way. I don't know, but yeah, the blood would have dripped right down onto it. So what we're seeing there is quite possibly the actual hole where Act Yeshua's cross was placed into yes. the rock. Yes, it's approximately 23, 24 inches deep at that spot. In this image here, you can see the handle of a crowbar in the cross hole, that dark object horizontal there. That is the crowbar stuck down into the cross hole. Now, Randy broke that off. He didn't know this was a cross hole at the time. He was just trying to make it easier to move through the area, so mm. we can't fault Randy. He didn't know that was the cross hole of Christ right there. But this is an image of the cross hole area. And so, in the 2006 dig, they were focusing on another point down lower, area B that we spoke of, that was an intact point down there that was not the area here where Randy says is the actual cross hole up against the, the cliff face, basically. So here is a still from a YouTube video. We have area A labeled and area B, uh, B being the false site and area A being the correct. And he said that that area A was broken up uh, in the 2006 dig, so there's not a, a cross hole there. Of course, he did some of the damage to it in 91 and 2006, they tore up the area. So anyway, so the, there was a cross hole there at, at the site. So this is God, God's design of the cutouts in the rock face, Jesus' crucifixion, the blood coming down through that crack and onto the mercy seat of the Ark of the Covenant. The rocks were rent. And this was God's incredible design. Now, if you go there today, here's an image again of the uh, cutouts in the rock face. I'm standing next to the cutouts. And this is part of Mount Moriah. You know, Abraham was to sacrifice Isaac on Mount Moriah. And God said, I will provide a sacrifice. Well, it was a ram in a thicket that day. But then, 2,000 years later, God provided the sacrifice of his own son, Instead of Abraham having to do it, God had to do it on the same mountain, Mount Moriah. It's incredible. This is a higher area of Mount Moriah where Jesus was crucified directly under where I'm standing. It's 15 or 20 feet, the cross hole under where I'm standing here. Now, where I think a lot of people get this mixed up. They think that you know we have this traditional depiction of Golgotha and then the crosses up on a hill on top of it. Yeah. But that's it, not the way the Romans did things. It's not on top of this particular hill, but Mount Moriah is a type of, of mountain or, or mount, um, fitting the biblical description at least. Mount Moriah um, is the same mount as uh, Abraham 
was going to sacrifice mm-hmm. Isaac. So you know, those two things fit together. So at street level, that's where the Romans wanted things, right? So that yes. they could prove that you don't mess with the Romans. Yes, there is. There would have been a street uh, out in front of this where people passing by would see people being crucified over here, and then their title or what they did, you know, above the cross. Um, so here is a 2005 photo where I'm standing in the same spot, and then today. Uh, you could stand there today and stand over the cross hole. It's an incredible experience going in the garden tomb grounds and being able to stand and pray at this spot. So there was a test for gold done over the Ark of the Covenant. Now, this is a frequency detector. It's searching for the frequency of gold. It's not a typical gold detector that people use. It's a frequency detector. It's a long-range detector. They're not normally used in the U.S. These are used more for finding gold objects. There's no ancient civilization in the U.S. You don't use these in the U.S. You use these in Europe, Asia, where there's ancient civilizations. So frequency detector, and so there's the video here of the detection. Here's the detector, it's a $700 device. It was used frequently to to test it at least on a gold coin, it pointed out a gold coin, and then it also pointed out a gold chain So this guy knew that it would work. And so here, we can see the cutouts in the rock face over here on the right. And where is it pointing? It's pointing toward the cutouts. Ron said that the cross hole was centered on the cutouts and near the cliff face. And the positive readings we're getting here are matching up with what Ron said. Here it is searching, it's moving back and forth, and it's pointing, it's saying the arc is back this way, that's matching up with the cross hole, okay? The arc is below the cross hole. And there were 30 some odd tests done with this, and we're seeing a few of them here. Every test confirmed the arc being in the spot that Ron White described. Here it's at the edge, of the Ark of the Covenant. When it spins, it means the gold is below. So here it's spinning, it's saying the gold is below this spot. So this is, wow, Scott, this is visual evidence. Visually, you can say the Ark is there, it's just as Ron White said, and it would take a large amount of gold, something being 35 feet down, I was going to say, can, yeah. you, can it detect past that amount of dirt and rock? And yeah, if you go all the way down to where the arc is, it's approximately 35 feet, but this is a long-range detector, long-range. So here, once again, it is being activated. It's going to spin. That means the gold is below. This is matching up with the cross hole area. So potentially, this guy is sitting 30 feet above the Ark of the Covenant. That's right, and that's why I was wow. saying you, you can stand at that spot, the cross holes directly below you, and the Ark of the Covenant, and Jesus' blood. That's the most special place to go. You, that is incredible. You can feel the Holy Spirit. So if you're going to go to Israel, take note of where this is and where he's standing. <laughs> yes. This is the number one spot on earth, um, without a doubt. Now, it's not just the Ark of the Covenant either. When we're talking about those those boards that were used for the, the Holy of Holies. Yes, there's other objects down there, but the Ark, of course, is the largest mm. 
you know, we're talking about like Ron thought 600 to 800 pounds of gold, you know, in the ark. It's the largest object. And they say the longer a gold object is underground, the stronger signal it produces. Oh, okay. Uh, this is kind of a well-known fact. But um, so here it's being activated again, spinning. The gold is below that spot. Wow. And never did it um, not confirm. It was always confirming the location. So this one should go now to the left, by yeah. all estimations. Yeah, right? so he's over to the side. You Look know, at that. What is it going to do? So it's trying to search at this point, but it's, it's locked in on the arc. Wow. He's going to give it a chance to correct itself here. And you can tell, he's holding it level. He's not he manipulating is, yes, it. Yes, right, he's not manipulating it. He's trying to keep it level. There's a bubble level on it um, to help you keep it level. This is, like I say, a $700 device. He's getting near the edge of the arc, so it wants to spin. This is the edge of the arc. There it wow. goes, there it goes. So once again, this is visual confirmation that yes, the Ark of the Covenant is in the spot Ron Wyatt said it was. This is not a fluke. Like you said, this was done 30 plus times? Yes. And they all confirmed the arc. That now he's kind of getting away from the edge of it and it's pointing back. Now he's gonna go over top of it. Let's see what it does here. Now it's gonna spin. Wow. And that would make sense because the arc is only a few cubits wide. Right. Mm -hmm. So here it is saying it's back that way to our right. So he's going to move it that direction. And it starts to spin because mm. he's, he's over the arc. So this is, this is consistent. So take note. Second bench from the wall, <laughs> right, in, right in the aisle. <laughs> there <Yeah>. he is. <laughs> yeah. So, in between you know, the two escarpments, really. People say, you know, I want evidence it's there. Well, this is evidence. This is visual evidence that yes, the ark is in the spot Mr. White said it was. And now it's gonna turn backward, I'm assuming. Right? Yes, it will. There it is. It will, he's just past the edge of it. Look at so that. So this is amazing. It's set for gold, and that's what it's searching for. And there's obviously something there. I yeah. mean, it wouldn't keep doing that. Right, right. Goodness. And when he purchased this in uh, Istanbul, he went to the dealer with a gold coin in his pocket. He didn't tell them. But he said, turn it on and let's see what it will do. And it turned and pointed to him. You know, that's confirmation to him. Oh, I guess I need to buy this. So it turned to point it to him just because he had a, just a gold coin, you know, in his pocket. Of course, the Ark of the Covenant is slightly bigger. Um, hundreds of pounds of gold. So this thing is really working well. He's saying that it goes from here to here. And this is the center right there. 
Where it's spinning, yeah. So very amazing. I remember the first time you brought this video to us a couple of years ago, and I went online looking for that thing. And yeah, you, if you have to search for them, but they're there, yes, they're yes, out there. Yes, I, I found it, yeah, online. So here it is, one more test. This is the next day. He went back. He's over near the Golgotha Overlook. This is as far as you can go to the east, kind of toward the Mount of Olives direction. And he turned it on, and what does it do from 95 feet away? It turns. Good gracious, look at that. And it locks in. Well, let's take a look. Where is it pointing? Wow. It's pointing to the white benches. Can you see them back there? Yeah. It's pointing to the Ark of the Covenant. Not only 95 feet linearly, but then another 30 feet below. And then down, yes. So never did it point away from the ark. It always confirmed the ark each time. So this is visual confirmation. Obviously, there's it's, a ton of gold there. underneath there. <laughs> right, right, a lot of gold. So how was the ark secreted? It was taken through Zedekiah's cave. If you go in Zedekiah's cave, you'll see this metal sign on the right bottom here. It says there was a carved cherub. Remember in 2 Maccabees, it said, Jeremiah found a cave dwelling, carried the tent, the ark, the incense altar into it, blocked up the entrance. Some of his companions came to mark out the way. So there was a carved winged cherub here. It's in a museum in London right now. And we see a wall. A wall on the top left is about 50 feet past this sign. And so this wall was put up to try to prevent people progressing toward where the Ark of the Covenant was hidden. So it's about 375 feet from here. Same thing Jeremiah was trying to do. Yes. Stop telling people where this is. Don't tell. Exactly. That's okay, great. so we're gonna come back more and talk more about this. So Kevin, stick with us. You stick with us as well. Thank you for your donations to this ministry. It is so important. It's what makes this show possible. Your donations now will ensure that other people see this into the future, and that is when we're gonna need to know this stuff. So get this to as many people as possible. How do we do that? through your donations. Thank you for doing it, we'll be right back. Thank you for making this program happen. So, 2 Maccabees, we have Jeremiah saying, stop telling people where the ark is. <laughs> today, we've, <laughs> relatively today, we have the Israeli government telling, saying, don't tell people where the ark is. Mm. So, when are we gonna get to see the ark? It's coming in the future. The future, I believe very soon. I'm of the feeling this is gonna happen very soon. There are uh, some clues about, you know, things we're seeing on planet Earth today. We see about, you know, the no buy and sell as far as digital currency. You know, mm. Revelation 13, you can't buy or sell unless you have the mark. So there's various things going on. But the angel told Ron that when the mark of the beast law is enforced, the Ten Commandments will come out. Well, the angel didn't exactly say that, and Ron's gonna clarify here in just a second. But there are three heavens mentioned in the Bible, Scott. Paul said, I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago, such and one caught up to the third heaven. So there's a first heaven, which is the atmospheric sky. There's a second heaven, which are the stars. And the third heaven is the New Jerusalem, okay, location. Well, let's take a look at this verse Revelation eleven nineteen and the temple of God was opened in heaven, and there were seen in his temple the ark of his testament. There were lightnings, voices, thunderings, a great earthquake, 
great hail. So Revelation eleven nineteen, heaven here is the sky. It's mentioning the first heaven here. That's like a worldwide deal. The sky envelops the earth. The word temple here means shrine. That cave is a temple shrine right now holding the most holy, hmm. okay? And it mentions here that there are lightnings, thunderings, earthquake, and hail. Hail falls on earth. It's one of the plagues, the earthquake, one of the plagues. So what Ron thought, and I believe too, that this is mentioning a earth event, okay? That the Ark of the Covenant is going to be seen. It's a worldwide event. And I believe this is getting ready to happen soon where the Ark will be seen. Now, Bill Fry interviewed Ron about four angels that were in the cave. We saw that in an earlier program. One of them spoke to Mr. White about when the Ten Commandments would be coming out of the cave. Now, let me ask you a question here. Okay. Because when you told me this before, you told me, you know, you took the tables of stone out. Yeah. And then the angel told you something about the tables of stone. Yeah, it told me that it had to do with when. Mm-hmm. These were to be shown the world. Right. Uh, two things are stated. One, that if I was faithful, I'd have the privilege of sharing this. Uh, the second was that when the mark of the beast law was enforced, that uh, shortly after that was when. Okay. And here's a little bit of a conundrum. It it, it wasn't stated, Mark of the Beast Law, it was stated on the Sunday Law. But I tell people, and I think that it's wise to tell people that since it's not lying or deceiving, Mm -hmm. is that when the Mark of the Beast Law is enforced. Right. But he, but the, but the angel said Sunday law. That's right. Okay. So Sunday law, a Sunday law is going to be enforced, um, and then the Ten Commandments will be shown to the world. So, what is going on here? In the Ten Commandments, what does it say, Scott? Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work. Thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. It's promoting a seventh day, but there's going to be a Sunday law. Which is the first day. Yes, which is, well, wait a minute. You know, these, these are the Ten Commandments stones that God wrote with his own finger. Uh, the ones that are well, in Well, not the, these actual stones. These are not the actual <laughs> stones. Uh, the, the ones in the cave, they're still in the cave. They're uh, written on granite. And Ron said there's continuous writing for each commandment, and then it stops, and then there's the next commandment, continuous writing. Um, and they're connected with gold rings, from mm. what I understand. And so this first tablet here... To your, on your left here 
is the first four commandments. Mm. And then the second tablet are the last six. So the first four deal with our loving God. The last six, the next tablet, is with our loving man, mankind. Right. Okay? So these are the Ten Commandments. And they're written in a Proto-Aramaic, Ron said. And, and it looks like, you know, Ron said that God wrote the Ten Commandments with his own finger. So there's a depression where God was writing. He said, it looks like you're writing in butter. If you hmm. can imagine writing in butter, there would be some some elevated areas to the side where things are being pushed aside, you know. Um, so this is going to come out as a testimony. Hey, it says here the seventh day is the Sabbath. But wait a minute, there is a Sunday law. where the gov- A law means there's government involved. Okay, now, you- some people might say, oh, come on. The government wants nothing to do with faith. Why would there ever be a Sunday law? Oh, when things get bad, they're going to say, we got to get back to God. we got to please God, you know. So... When the Sunday law is enforced, implies the law will not be enforced at first, but it will be later. The angel said, when the law is enforced, then the Ten Commandments come out. So at first it won't be enforced, but then later it will be. There'll be a penalty for not obeying this law. So at the point when there's civil penalties and enforcement of the law, the Ten Commandments will come out of the cave. So the Ten Commandments, they were not canceled. Scott, what does it say in Revelation 12, 17, that the dragon or the devil was wroth or angry with the woman. This is God's church, a woman. Went to make war with the remnant of her seed. That's the last people, the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus. This is the last day people that are keeping the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments have not been done away with. Revelation 14, 12, here's the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. The previous verse speaks of the mark of the beast and those being lost. But the saints in the next verse says they're keeping the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Mm. So the way to not get the mark is to keep the Ten Commandments and not be voided. They're still real. They're coming out of the cave, okay? So this civil law would be against the law of God, which is why God will send out the Ten Commandment stones to the world for the world to see you know, stressing we need to follow the Ten Commandments, you know, and not not man. So there'll be two dueling laws. This Sunday law, the governments will be pushing because they want to appease God. They think, we have this turmoil in the world. There's disasters in the world. We need to appease God. Let's enforce this worship day. But it will be against God's Ten Commandment law. Two different laws, man-made law and God's law. So, we, of course, we have to follow this. Now, is this possible? Is this fantasy? You know, what? You know, could this be happening? But let's look down during the COVID lockdowns. Here we see in Puerto Rico, it was a lockdown every Sunday, a Sunday lockdown. And what do we see here in India? They had Sunday lockdown. It's interesting that they're picking Sunday you know, this, this eventual day that's going to be a forced worship day upon mankind. What about during the Maui wildfires? They're saying, hey, climate change is so bad. We've got to do something here in the blue lettering. Under a climate lockdown, it would, it would limit private vehicle use. In other words, less pollution. So it sounds like there's coming climate lockdowns. Of course, what day are they going to pick? They're going to pick Sunday as a lockdown day. We're learning that a World Health Organization staffer has written a report saying that a climate lockdown 
could be called for. It's like a COVID lockdown, a climate lockdown. Mark Morano is an author who has written a lot about climate change. He founded Climate Depot. He joins us tonight. Mark, thanks so much for coming on. A climate lockdown. Now, I would laugh this off the table, except we all just lived through the last 18 months, so we know that anything is possible. What does this mean exactly? Well, you know, in my book, Green Fraud, I detail two chapters on this, Tucker. This is the climate activists were, first of all, jealous when the COVID lockdowns happened. They were beside themselves saying, how is this happening? Everyone from Greta Thunberg to John Kerry, UN officials. And then they started saying, we need to follow this. If we can shut down for a virus, we can shut down for climate. And that's what we're seeing. There's even academics in Australia proposing adding climate change to death certificates. And Bill Gates has said the death toll will be greater. So they're following every step of the way. And it's not just, you know, a a professor here or someone in academia. We have a major U.K. report coming out. We have an international agency report that came out uh, calling for essentially the same type of lockdowns, everything from restrictions on your thermostat to restrictions of moving. Uh, You know, you can only fly in a climate emergency when it's, quote, morally justifiable. You know, kind of like a lockdown, you have to justify going to the store for essential services. They're going after freedom of movement. They're going after private car ownership. They're going after uh, everything it means to be a free person and turning it over to the administrative state. So it could be that the first Sunday law may be a type of climate Sunday law. Let's shut everything down on Sunday. There'll be 14% less pollution. Okay, people won't be driving around in the cars, moving around, and this will help save the planet. And the Pope has pushed his Laudato Si' encyclical from 2015, where he is pushing this climate change. We need to do something, save the planet. And he mentioned Sunday in this Laudato Si'. A Sunday lockdown would change at some point to a Sunday worship law, which is what the Pope is wanting in reality. Uh, Don Frost spoke to a Vatican monk about this, the Dato C. This is a quick video t- clip from Don about what the Vatican monk said. The day before the Pope arrived, a, 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 a big delegation of Catholic priests came there. And one of the Cath- two of the Catholic priests saw our sign, and they must have thought we were Catholics, and they walked over. And... Yeah, they were, they were monks, you know, and they had the robe. They were Franciscan monks. And we said, well, what are you guys doing here? And they said, well, we're with the Pope's advance guard or advance team or whatever. And um, they said, uh, we're here to educate Congress and the Senate about this encyclical on climate change. And I said, oh, really? I said, you know, I was reading that too. And he goes, yeah. And uh, I said, you know, I I read into it that really it's all about the Pope wanting to put a Sunday law in place. And he goes, you're right. So the Pope is wanting a Sunday law, a forced day of worship. Um, In the New York Times, it said, maybe it's time to declare a national Sabbath. Maybe it's time to step back from the scandal mongering and assess who we are right now. The New York Times. New York Times, yes. What about this? So you can use whatever. It's the soul that is corrupt. And how we get back to a moral rebirth in this country, I don't know, since we are slowly eroding religion at every opportunity that we have. We should be debating a bill requiring every American to attend a church of their choice on Sunday. 
to see if we can get back to having a moral rebirth. So a bill to force you to be in church on Sunday. Wow, that sounds like what the angel was implying mm -hmm. in the cave there with Ron Wyatt. And this will appear to be a good thing because what did yeah. everybody do during COVID? Stop going to church. Yes. So everybody's like, wow, enough of this. We, we really need to get yeah, back to sound, church. It right? sounds good on the surface, exactly. but then when you start realizing, now wait a minute, this is not the correct day as being forced by the government. Here in Germany, they have a Sunday law. It's called a blue law, like we've had in the United States, where shops have to close on Sunday. And here is a headline here where they're monitoring, the uh, German government's monitoring Sunday rest. Who are following this and who are not? This is just from this year. So, uh, Yeshua, he would have had a grand ceremony, Scott, if after his resurrection, he said, we're gonna now worship on Sunday to honor my resurrection. He would have held a grand ceremony, a big announcement, only he or his father could change the Ten Commandment law. Where is it recorded? He had this grand announcement and ceremony to change the law. Not that I've read. It, doesn't, it didn't happen. He had every opportunity to announce a change. He didn't change anything. We still have the Seventh-day Sabbath. Now, in the Pope's Ten Commandments, the Pope's actually, actually went in and changed God's commandments. I mean, how can you do that? It says for the Sabbath, it says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Now, wait a minute. That's not what God's commandments here say. It says the Seventh-day. And in their own writings, they said, Sunday is our mark of authority. The church is above the Bible. And this transference of Sabbath observance is proof of that fact. So they're proud of Sunday worship, okay? They say they changed the day of worship. I'm sorry, they can't change. And there was a Sunday law in 321. Roman Emperor Constantine, he passed a Sunday law. Uh, March 7, 321, Sunday, which was not sacred to Christians, but to the Roman sun god, Sol Invictus, was declared an official day of rest. On that day, markets were banned and the public offices were closed. And here's an actual comment from the law. On the venerable day of the sun, let the magistrates and the people residing in cities rest. Let all workshops be closed. So pagan Rome started this Sunday law, and then papal Rome picked up on it. So what we have coming in the near future is a mark of the beast or the seal of God. Everyone's gonna make a choice. It's the judgment of the living of us. God is gonna see who is following me, who is following Jesus, who is following my law. So two groups are mentioned here, Revelation 14, 11, and 12. The first one mentions those who receive the mark of the beast. The very next verse, 14, 12, Scott, says, here's the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Our way to avoid the mark of the beast is by keeping the 10 commandments. The saints here, in this scenario, they're keeping the 10 commandments and those who receive the mark of the beast are not. Now, I, remember, I, I wonder how many people would recognize it. Yes, everybody's familiar with that term, mark of the beast, but there is also the mark of God. Yes, that the seal of God. The polar opposite. We want the seal of God. So all will make a choice, follow man's authority, where you can buy and sell, follow the Sunday law, or you can accept Jesus as your Savior, accept the outpouring of his Holy Spirit, then be obedient to the Ten Commandments. We have to have the Holy Spirit in us, working through us, accept Jesus as our Savior and forgiveness of our sins in Jesus' name, and then the Holy Spirit will enable us to keep the Ten Commandments. So. 
in Acts 17, 30, and the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent because he hath appointed a day in which he'll judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained. So God's gonna stop wink, winking at ignorance. He can say, you're all fully informed. You all have got to follow Jesus. You've all got to follow my 10 commandments or else you receive the mark of the beast. That's what's coming. The judgment of the living, this is so important. And so I believe there's gonna be disasters on the earth Isaiah 26, 9 spoke of, for when thy judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. So there are going to be judgments upon the cities especially, and God is going to punish the cities, I believe, wicked cities, look what he did to Nineveh. And we see Sodom and Gomorrah. When Nineveh, they repented at first, and then they backslid, and God destroyed Nineveh later. So God is still the same God today as, as then, and I believe there are gonna be judgments upon the cities and people are gonna say, we gotta give back to God. We gotta give back to God. But, and I believe Satan's gonna personate Christ. He'll transform himself into an angel of light. There's deceptions, deceptions. But we can look at Isaiah 8.20. What does it say? To the law and to the testimony, if they speak not according to this word, because there's no light in them. So we have to follow the law. We have to follow the Bible. That's our guide to survive the coming Mark of the Beast showdown. And I and Psalm 77, thy way, O God, is in the sanctuary. He was so great a God as our God. So Yeshua's blood going on that mercy seat, that was salvation for mankind. That's our way to heaven. It's incredible what God has done in preserving that blood as a witness. So Ron White, he had the clear photos. He had the lab reports. The gold detection proves it's there. Ron White was truly led by the Lord. The Ark of the Covenant has been found, and at the appropriate time, which I think is very soon, the tables of stone are coming out. And Dad, it tore him up not to be able to show the world that right then. I mean, because he come to me crying, and he, why in the world would God show me this and then not let me show it to everybody? You know, it tore him up and I said, well, dad, you know, there's only one answer to that. It's not God's time, you know. Yep. I said, but look at what you gotta do, you know. Yeah, you gotta do a You lot. got to show where it is, you you know. It, he, yeah, it was tough on him. It was very tough on him. So Ron, didn't, Ron did not get to show the clear photographs, did not get to show the lab report. It hurt him, you know, but he was doing what God wanted him to do. So we have to credit Ron. So out of the cave soon will come Yeshua's blood, the tables of stone. The video of Ron in that cave is there in the cave with the Ten Commandments. So we're gonna see Ron White on video. They're taking the Ten Commandments out. And so this is getting ready to happen. But in closing, I wanna give some special thanks to some friends of mine here. You see on the screen, I appreciate their help while putting this together. So, Scott, the end is almost here and the world's going to see the Ark of the Covenant and the evidence it holds, the Yeshua's blood, mm -hmm. the Ten Commandments. It has a testimony to give to the world and this is just before us, I believe. Mm -hmm. And you know, we're told that there will be a strong delusion. And with the technology available today, yes. with AI and whatever else is coming next, mm -hmm. there could be very competing views of look at this, no look at this, and 
You have to know in your heart which one is right. Satan's going to have all kinds of delusions, but we got to stick to the Bible and the Ten Commandments. That's our guide to survive the coming Mark of the Beast showdown. Absolutely. Kevin, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Appreciate Scott. you being here. Thank you. Bringing all these uh, wonderful things to teach. And again, if people want to see more of your teachings, they go to arcdiscovery.com. That's that right, that's right. And you actually have uh, some collections, uh, as we do here at the ministry as well, so some, rep some replicas of what was found in the, in the uh, cave, and people can go there and, and see those. Sure. All right. I appreciate it, Scott. Terrific. Thanks again, Kevin. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being here. Thank you for supporting Shabbat Night Live. You make this happen. Spread this to as many people as you can. As Kevin said, time is short. There's going to be strong delusion. You need to know the truth. All the people you know need to know the truth. So get it out there. Thank you for doing it. Shabbat Shalom.